Hey, welcome everyone to another week, a Thanksgiving special edition of Bible and Banter. And as a special gift, I know it's not Christmas. I don't know if Thanksgiving is a time where maybe your family exchanges gifts. But our gift to you is we have brought on the big turkey himself, Luke Copeland. What's up, Luke? It has been too long. We've missed you. I've missed making fun of you. <laughs> I can I can tell you got right to it. No, it's good. It's good to be back on the show. Uh, this is this this is it feels it feels right. It feels right to be here. Unfortunately, this is uh, just sort of a one time deal. But I appreciate the door always being open. the The one thing I did want to correct because you said something about it uh, in the uh, the Facebook announcement as well. I actually prefer to go by by the title of Eagle and not Turkey. Eagle. Well, here's here's the thing though, Luke. You can't give yourself a nickname. Other people have to give you the nickname. I can though. I have. Uh, no, no. You're you're a big turkey now. And by I was just time, kidding before, but now I'm only going to refer to you as the big turkey. By by the time that I left the first college that I went to, because I attended two, by the time I left the first one, I had managed to establish that my nickname was the Legend. So don't tell me that I can't. Make up my own nicknames. Should we ask what you're legendary no. for? No, no, don't ask that. No. <laughs> okay. All right. So, uh, so Mike, what's up with you, man? Mike. Michael. Oh, Mike. not too much. Just Mike, sorry. To, we got get Mike get we interrupted Mike season. working for for Berkshire again. Sorry about that, Mike. <laughs> sorry to interrupt your afternoon that we set aside one hour every week to do a show. And you have to go pay attention to other things. Michael. Can you hear me now? Because I was talking, not ignoring you. I oh, I can hear you now. Yes. But I, <laughs> oh, you I know what? I think, you're ignoring me. <laughs> I think you might be on some kind of a delay. I'm, uh, I'm having a weird, my internet's being real weird right now. So okay. I may be in or out. So I don't know what that is all about. Well, the, well, I we can we can hear you, Mike. So here's what we're gonna do. Whenever we ask you a question, we'll leave a nice long awkward pause so that the question can reach you across the airwaves. Thank you. This is I'm, this I have missed I've missed you, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> Luke, the reasonable one. <laughs> so, so Luke, guess what we got to do a couple of weeks ago? Me and Mike. You know, I spent so long since I've been on the show. Normally, I would have a woody retort, some sarcastic answer to offer, but I've, I haven't done this in so long. I've got nothing. I don't know. What Mike, did you, what Mike, did you do? Mike flew all the way down here to North Carolina to come hang out with me for an afternoon. No. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> the, the support is tangible. I can feel yeah. it. I feel the support. Yeah, so so Mike and I got to hang out in person for 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 a good couple of hours. Got Wait, to jump to the airport. Did he fly yep, down just? Did he fly down just to do a live show with you? It's called friendship. You, you what? Yeah, it's called friendship. <laughs> Dude, I've lived within driving as distance of Eric for the full year and a half. This show has existed. I've never once done a live show with him. No, we didn't do a live. Well, we show. didn't. No, we didn't do a live show. We just hung out. You know, I, yeah. I oh, shelled out almost three hundred dollars to spend like two or three hours with him, just to yeah. hang with your boy. Yeah, man, it's called wow. friendship. You should try it sometime. Wow. 
That That's not true. Weird. I'm sorry. I, I can't. I can't make the lie any longer. I had to fly down to to do some Berkshire meetings down at Camp Dixie, and Eric uh-huh. was kind enough to let us borrow his van. And then when we dropped off the van, drive us, drive me and a, another board member back to the airport. Oh, okay. I'm relieved. I'm relieved. Robin reassuring me that they did not let Mike in the house. Very good. <laughs> I don't even know where they live. They let me in the church. Yeah. They didn't let me anywhere near their residence. I did. I did. Yeah, we did. We did let you in the church. Um, so he's so Mike's such a good friend. He doesn't even. He's never even seen your residence. Well, we didn't really have the time. We didn't. We didn't you know, have the time. So he was. So he was coming back from Camp Dixie and essentially dropping the van off at our church, and then I drove them um, up to. Uh, RDU airport and then we but we stopped for for of course some barbecue on the way uh, which Mike burnt, Mike, burnt ends so good they were real good yeah yeah and that was, in, in the vinegar good. did you get the vinegar and sauce say oh oh man we lost him bye Wait, Mike he'll bye, come Felicia. back he'll come back Mikey always comes back uh maybe i don't know if mike can hear us but maybe he can like oh. get out and then come back a in vinegar fan oh man now things are getting really weird wow so that here was, that was super hey, delight mike, mike why don't you drop back out of the show and then come back in and see if that works yeah okay i can hear you when i cut out i just can't you can't hear or see me but i'll try it again yeah we're gonna okay. make this work we're gonna make this now, work i'm not i'm not missing out on the hour that i have with these two gentlemen we're doing this so, so yeah, so we got some barbecue. We hung out for a little bit, him and him and uh, another guy that's on the Berkshire board. So it was good, man. It was good. It was fun. So excellent. Yeah. Yep. Are we? So, uh... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to ask, because you haven't been on the show since we've been promoting um, the Everett Christian Leaders Conference. Are you going to the AC Leaders Conference in February? Thinking about it. It's not required. Like uh, you're just a. Because I'm required to go to all denominational meetings. Required? What? Like constitutionally? It's, it's in the Constitution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Yeah, it's in the con. Uh, my vacation's also uh, is also uh, in the Constitution. How? Uh, how much? Or so? Are you are you also required then to go to that thing in March that's down there? What thing in or, March? Or is that different? Oh, okay. Obviously not. No. There's a winter. Now, there's a winter retreat, which I'm guessing is not. Maybe that's not a denominational thing. Maybe that's uh, maybe that's an Evan Christian Village thing. But I got a flyer yeah, I think that that's too. AC Village thing. Yeah, yeah, I got yeah, I got that flyer from AC Village too, and I was like, oh, this is this is interesting, uh, just because they're right after one another. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I mean, I'm de- if I'm going in February, I'm not going in March. It's a little bit, a little bit too close together for my taste. And to, and to be honest, there are a lot of other conferences I'd be like that would fit more my uh what i'd be looking for if i were going to a conference mm-hmm. i guess that's probably the best way to put but, it but but you're going in february because you have to uh like uh <laughs> like marshawn lynch i'm just here so i don't get fined <laughs> 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 no i'm i'm going like yeah sure it is required but just because it's required doesn't mean you don't want to go so i i am looking forward to being able to see people and hang out and and all that. So um, maybe uh, uh, a message is coming reset in. the Wi-Fi. Okay. Okay. Mike said he's resetting the Wi-Fi to see if that helps. So yeah, maybe there's a good place to go down there, 
smoke a cigar and with, with, with my boys, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, do as men do. I, so. uh, I, I don't, I don't know if I'm willing to commit to the smoking, but I will, I will hang and talk theology with you for sure. Mm. Well, last time we hung out, uh, we had a, we had a cigar and a pipe while talking theology for three or four hours. That was pretty fun. Oh yeah, yeah. I have I have great memories of that time. I would say that was that was the beginning right there. I mean, I had met you before that, I think. Mm-hmm. But um that that afternoon out on the porch, that was a game changer for sure. It was uh, sure. the beginning of the end. <laughs> for you. <laughs> uh yeah, nothing was nothing was the same after that for you. Uh I'm I'm trying to carry on as as usual. Uh, are we going to talk about anything in particular today or are we just, yeah, so, so, we've got, so we've got a few topics. Uh, here comes, here comes, uh, Mike. Hey Welcome guys. back, Mike. Oh, so much better. So much better. Cause earlier I could barely see you. You were all pixelated. Now I see those beautiful eyes. Oh, <laughs> this is a Christian show. Luke. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to refer you to Jonathan and David and say no more. Okay. I was going to (laughs) say, well, anyway, anyway, so I I was, so we got three topics for us to talk about. We're going to talk about evangelism, engaging the community, and then also church budgeting. Cause those were topics that were given to me on my Facebook page a couple of weeks ago when I had asked people to give me topics for Bible is this, Banter. Is this how low the, the show is stoops now that we can't even think of anything to talk about? We're just begging, begging Can I just be honest? There? It wouldn't be so bad if Eric didn't make me try to think of stuff all the time. If he actually contributed a little bit to the topic thing, <laughs> choosing, it might be a little bit well, easier. I'll own that. That's fine. Well, here's the thing. Mo- a lot of the topics I want to talk about are probably more controversial than, than like is is good for a forum like this on on Facebook. So <clears throat> there no. there are more stuff about that I'd rather have in private, hanging out with you guys. Now, Mike, uh, as as the senior as the senior co-host, though I'm retired now, um, as someone with a bit more experience than you in Bible and banter, I'm going to give you a little pro tip here. If you want Eric to pick something, what you have to do is pick a subject and suggest it to him. Because most of the time he'll say, no, I don't like that idea. And then he'll suggest something else. So you have to take that initiative (laughs) to come up with the idea so that he can shoot it down and then come up with his own. That's the secret. And go. Thanks, sweetheart. I appreciate that. Gotcha. Really? (laughs) So. So, but Done. before we get into those topics, uh, there's two there's two two things I want us to to banter about. So first, um, what is, how are you going to eat your turkey this week? Uh, in what in what manner is the turkey going to be prepared? And then second, I want to know what your favorite uh, Thanksgiving food staple is. Staple is easy. It's pecan pie. Uh, it's the only time of the year that. I eat it, and uh, I look forward to it every year. Pecan pie for sure. As far as the turkey, I'm actually not so concerned about how it's prepared, whether it's fried or baked or whatever, as I am concerned about what will be on the turkey. And the correct answer is everything. The best Mm. bite of turkey is the one that has gravy and cranberry sauce and casserole. Just all of the things need to be 
on the piece of turkey. And, and a balanced Thanksgiving meal is one in which all of the things on the plate are eaten together. Wow. This is this might be a first in the history of Bible and Banter, but Luke might have hit this one out of the park. Hmm. I'm, hmm. An, I'm an expert in Thanksgiving cuisine. What can I say? You That's finally good. found something I know something about. What about you, Mikey? Yeah, so we're doing the traditional cook it in the oven, wait till the time the timer pops. Did you lose me again? <laughs> no, 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 we're you listening just, to you. Because you guys froze, and I'm like, I was swearing in my head while I was talking, just so you know. Um, <laughs> um, okay. And, uh, okay, food, food staple, man. Uh, I, I really. Uh, it's hard. That's a hard one. That's a hard one. I'm struggling gonna, so much. I though. am like, cause I don't want to get it wrong. I don't want to offend the food group that I, that I don't <laughs> uh, so, um, uh, I gotta say just, I'm a, I'm a stuff uh, stuffing. You're, act, you're acting stuffing like someone, someone with Thanksgiving PTSD right now. Like it's you're true. so terrified of saying the wrong, what happened? Did you have a conflict with an ant when you were a child? <laughs> you didn't like her pie or something? Just say what you like. I, I am having trouble deciding between if I like mashed potatoes with gravy or stuffing better. I can't really. Oh, anyway. I, I, I think I think you're allowed to say both of those because, again, all those food groups get mixed together anyways. So, yeah. So the, yeah. the reference that my wife is making in the comments is ever since I grew up and to a degree, even now, sometimes when I like open a drawer of clothing i have this little like in my brain like all my clothes are saying "Ooh, pick me pick me and like when i finally reach in and pick one the rest are disappointed wondering get, get worn by me <laughs> What? <laughs> i feel like you're describing what i watch every time my wife opens the closet because i see something similar taking place whenever she has to get Wait, wait, Mike, is this a real, uh, like, you're being serious? You, your t-shirts talk to you and say, pick me, pick me, and then it's an imaginary disappointment? Dude, in imaginary. Yes. Dude, off air, I, hey, we're, we're going to have to find you a counselor, man. <laughs> like, that's, that's so serious. Hold on, no, no, now, now, now I want to, we're not, we're not doing this off air. I want to probe a little bit now. Michael, <laughs> if, if this is this something that's unique to like food and clothing or do you experience decision fatigue in all areas of life? All areas of life. Okay. All right. Well, that makes sense then. If it were just about the, uh, the Thanksgiving sides, that'd be weird, but this is a, this is a more global issue for you. Yes. <laughs> Got it. So wait, uh, <laughs> let me ask when you choose a book to preach in, how do you choose? Do you have the same thing? Like, are you looking through the, the, uh, uh, like the front where it lists all the, the table of contents and you're going like, man, which one am I going to choose? Which one am I going to choose? No, I just flip through and wherever my finger lands is what I, <laughs> <laughs> that's where the spirit leads. <laughs> Can't you do the same thing, uh, with your t-shirts? Yeah, listen, it's 
it's not like it happens every time. It's just like in when I was growing up, I had this like thought, like what if almost like Toy Story, like what if like your clothes had consciousness and they're like just really sad when they don't get you know picked to be worn. Like the toys in like Toy Story three are just sitting in the box and they're really sad that Andy has never played with them. Eric, I need you to answer the Thanksgiving food question before, like, per- before law enforcement shows up to Mike's office. I am, I am ready to be committed. It is true. I yeah, read an article so, the other way. I read an article the other day. It's four warning signs you're approaching burnout, and I think I was at least three of the four. Mike had five out of the four reasons checked off. Exactly. Mike, do we? Do Luke and I have to call up your elders and like say, "Hey, we think Mike needs a vacation." No, because then they'll make me take one, and that'll be even more stressful. So, <laughs> all right, all right, Eric, let's 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 cut let's cut this guy a break. Jump in here. What do you like for Thanksgiving? Ah, uh, so my my staple is mashed potatoes with gravy. Uh, I sometimes like to mix in the green bean casserole. By the way, green bean casserole is probably on a level playing field with the mashed potatoes, and, I, and I'm talking like. The homemade hand mashed potatoes. To me, there's nothing better. Now, uh, now, dark brown gravy or light brown gravy? This is important. Everything. Give me all the gravy, man. I am. I am. I'm kind of uh, promiscuous when it comes to gravy. <laughs> so, dude. Like so, just... have you ever had poutine or poutine as some? weirdos up north say poutine no because that sound it sounds just it, it sounds it does much. it sounds dirty oh, it's not, yeah. no, but it's Eric, it's french it's fries with cheese and gravy and oh it's so good yeah. you i think you'd really like it i've never regretted poutine yeah. not once <laughs> um so, so so yeah would you ever so, put thanksgiving the... food on a pizza wow uh, because there's a the only thing there's a the brewery. Only thing I believe that does not yeah. believe the only thing I don't uh, the only thing I believe does not belong on pizza is pineapple. So I'll try it, and that's where you and I would dis- you you and I would disagree with on that. But so there's this Kushnop Brewing Company uh, down in Augusta, Maine, that has a Thanksgiving pie, and it's a uh, it's a uh, it's not an actual pie. It's like a pizza, and it's oven roasted turkey, homemade mashed potatoes, stuffing. Cheddar cheese, orange cranberry sauce, and chives. Yep. Yes. I'd try it. I mess yes. with that. Yeah. This is in Augusta. We got yeah. uh, maybe there's yeah, a reason you, I could fly up and we could uh, and we can go there. If you are if you are ever in uh, in uh, there's actually quite a few restaurants I would like to take you to if you're ever up in the central Maine area. I'll just take a week off and go go hit the eateries uh, down east. Is that considered down east? I don't even know. No, not down okay, east. But, yeah. You guys, do you guys see what my presence on the show is doing? I bring people together. I come here on the show, <laughs> and the and within within twenty minutes, you guys are talking about spending an evening stuffing your faces or an, a week stuffing your faces Luke, together. Luke, I would love to have you here as well. Oh no 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 no! I don't I don't I don't do that sort of thing. <laughs> I'm also sm- so I'm also smoking a turkey this week for Thanksgiving. <laughs> So I'm going to be smoking a turkey, uh, and then it'll be that, my first time that, doing it. Is that like some subtle way of saying that you're gonna you're gonna diss me or something? You're smoking a turkey. Uh, 
No, I'm sorry for the confusion there, Big Turkey. But uh, no, uh, I've got a turkey in the fridge right now. I'm going to brine it tomorrow and then uh, put it in the smoker on on uh, on Thursday. How long are you anticipating that taking? Because smoking is not like a, a one or two hour thing. It's like... Oh, I know. I've been smoking now for a few months. I'd say yeah. worst case, 10 hours. I'm aiming for, for six to eight Um so, I gotta re- so how early recipe. are you? How early are you getting up to smoke it? I ha- I haven't thought I haven't thought that far ahead. I'm already too tired. I'm already tired of thinking about it. But I enjoy just sitting out there with the smoker, <laughs> smelling smelling all that, sitting outside smoking some cigars and and reading, uh, enjoying the wonderful gifts that God has provided. So, uh, yeah. So that's the plan. I gotta I gotta say. As- it's good to be back with you guys, but I feel like our timing's off a little bit today. We, we're, we're, have, we're, we're sort of stepping on each other and waiting a bit too long. I think we should do like a, a mental reset together. So if you'll, uh, if you'll just close your eyes with me and then connect, connect these fingers, we're going to hum. No, 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 not going to no. happen. No, that's the, Anyway, m- moving on, uh, Luke. <laughs> nice try. <laughs> uh, Luke, I don't know what's happened in the last three months, but he's. it seems like you've delved into some kind of mysticism over here. Should uh, we be, is this what happens when you get your butt kicked by a girl? No, I just – I heard about – Oh, I heard my about, gosh, Eric. <laughs> I didn't mean to say that. I didn't mean to say that. I'm sorry. Can we rewind what? the tape? <laughs> I'm uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to decide if that was more an insult to me or to women in general. I think uh, yes, yes. Didn't you didn't you just start a new podcast with Catherine? Because I hope you enjoyed it while it lasted. It's Uh, it's done. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, it was just. <clears throat> like seriously, like all right. Uh, what was what was the other subject you wanted to discuss today, Eric? Uh, <laughs> all I can think of are funny things to say, but right now is not the time to say those things. <laughs> Oh, I'm man. so glad. I'm so glad that you invited me back for one show, and I managed to get you canceled. Makes me very um, happy. So, so of course, of course, that was not meant to be any kind of, no, uh, no, a, a, of demeaning course. towards women at all. Especially if you followed my uh, critique of Luke over the last few months in his if, if interaction. If anything, uh, you if anything, that. if anything, you were complimenting Catherine. We all know this. Oh, I mean, yes. oh, absolutely. And Catherine, Catherine would agree because uh, anyway, n- nevertheless, uh, let's move on. Uh, by the way, we have we recorded like six or seven episodes of Creed's Council's Inheritance, but the timing of us being able to record for, for that show just didn't work out. But uh, it was something that 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 Catherine and I really enjoyed doing. It was, it was pretty good. So you can go give the few episodes that we had a listen. Um, maybe it's something we do in the future. Maybe not. We'll see. So, uh, anyway, uh, 
Yeah, our three top. So, so this our three like, topics. This evangelism. Is, this is like this is like throwing. Uh, this is like throwing a uh, Mike. Help me out here. What's an animal that doesn't swim? Animal that doesn't sloth? swim. I. A what? A sloth. Yeah, yeah. Sloth this is like throwing throwing a sloth into your swimming pool and then just waiting to see if it resurfaces. This is this is fun. Go ahead, Eric. I don't. I don't know what. I don't know what that means, but anyway, uh, so evangelism, engaging the community, and then uh, budgeting for a healthy church. So, um, they were kind of broad the topics that were brought up. So, I guess we can. I, I think we can engage, or, or we can en- connect evangelism and engaging the community into one thing. Because I think I think that they should be necessarily intertwined. Um, Luke, tell me uh, how, how are you engaging the community either personally or as a mm-hmm. church and, and how does that, how does that work as evangelism? Yeah, I would say for the past 20 months, I personally, and we, the church have not. Um, and that's one of the things I think we're grappling with right now is how do we re-engage uh, because for a long time, maybe maybe for maybe for a, a certain period of time by necessity, but I don't think you can say that anymore. Um, for a while, we were we were just very atomized and inward focused, and how do we care for our congregation and and survive? Um, and now that life is, I don't know if it's returning to normal, but it's certainly opening. Things are have reopened. Uh, now we're having to grapple with that of having spent the last 20 months pretty almost exclusively inward focused. Uh, how do we press out again, press outward again? I don't have any nice, neat answers for you today, but hopefully I can get back to you with some. I'd, li- I'd, like, I'd like to think uh, that next year is going to be our, our big year in terms of uh, uh pressing out into that community because we've been taught we'd been talking about it even before the COVID stuff happened and we'd we'd sort of dipped our toes in the water and tried a few things but i don't i don't think i don't think we'd really made a concerted effort as a as an entire church to do that on a personal Mm -hmm. level um i will actually tell you i had this brilliant idea a few months back over the course of the summer that i was going to go do some street preaching and uh, I went out a couple times thinking I'm going to find a good spot and I'm going to you know, like get on my corner. I'm going to open my Bible and I'm going to do this. And I chickened out both times that I went. I, I like couldn't find the right spot. There weren't enough people. It, I didn't do it. So I'm, I'm now I'm sort of the sloth in the swimming pool floundering a bit. Help me out here, guys. What are you doing? Okay. Well, I had actually a successful, I had a successful impromptu uh, crusade out in the middle of our town where I just, no, I'm just kidding. That didn't happen at all um, because crusade, I would never do that. crusade, do you with lances and spears or with a tent? How old school Bill, are we going? Billy Graham, baby. Okay. So you weren't, you weren't like trying to um, burn down the local mosque or anything like that. No, no. Okay. All right, no, good. honestly, Luke, uh, our church is probably in the same boat as you. And, and so we're trying to slowly, what we're trying to do, I think is not so much. Um, well, 
I think what we're trying to do is really develop a fellow, you know, it'll, it act, at, right now it looks more, just more of the same internal stuff, but do stuff together that we can invite people to come to and, mm. you know, and so it's called fellow, we call it kind of fellowship activities, but with the hopes of, Hey, do you have someone that, you know, doesn't necessarily, you're not maybe even ready to invite them to church, but you want them to meet your church community here. Feel free to invite them to come to join us. Like we did a, a harvest party and, you know, some people, inv I, <clears throat> Joseph wanted me to invite his school friend. And so his family came and, um, and a couple other things. And so just things of that nature, um, trying to w open up the front door to get to know us, but also we're not going to hide who that we're church also, you know, mm -hmm. so kind of that, although I, I do want us to be a bit more, um, especially as we get more into it, you know, we include the gospel or at least prayer or something that shows we're not just here to have a good time, but we can also. Mm -hmm. I'm sure whatever Mike was about to say was going to be very insightful. Changes are very. <laughs> Repeat that last bit, Mike, about including the gospel. Oh, what, what I like, I don't want us to just have activities that we come and invite people to, and then we say goodbye. Hope you had a good time, but also work our way towards, you know, and also, you know, we know Jesus who can not just, you know, who changes our very existence, you know, because, <clears throat> Back in the day, our, our church would do some things and, you know, just come get to know us. But, you know, but then we wouldn't like share, you know, we're real friendly and we can laugh together, but we also have much more significant existence with Christ. So, yeah, just kind of wrestling yeah, bounce, through that. Bounce houses and hot dogs are great, but they're not the mission of the church. The gospel is. And so I feel right. I feel you on that. There's there's a delicate balance there to how do how do we uh get people you know in without mm -hmm. compromising on on what we're here right. to do. Eric you 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 wrote a book on this stuff. Take us to school here, bud. <laughs> well, before we, before you start, Eric. I wouldn't call it a book. <laughs> yeah. Uh, go ahead, Mike. No, I, and all I, all I well, uh, never mind, I forgot what I was going to say. Go on, Eric. School us. <laughs> uh well, no, I'm not I'm not trying to school anybody. Um, and I don't have all the answers. So, so I think that's important to kind of lay on the ground, but what I, here's, here's one thing I would encourage you guys in is to, to make an actual plan. Mm -hmm. Uh, like Luke, I, I love the idea of, Hey, I'm, uh, I'm, I don't know that I would street Pete. I don't know if I would do that, but if that's what you think, well, I didn't. Yeah. But if that's where the Lord's leading you to, to do, and you have a passion for that, or maybe you're just like, you know what? I want to try this out. I've heard all, if that's been laid on your heart, man, by all means, try it. Um, that's not me though. So, which is, which is perfectly fine. And I think, <clears throat> I think one of the difficulties that we have in the church is that we try to look and see what other people are doing and then just copy mm -hmm. that. We try to copy and paste and, and we often try to do things programmatically. And I think programs get a bad rap, especially in the last 20 years. But, but honestly, um, there are some good things about doing things programmatically. There are some positive things. Um, <clears throat> however, when it comes to making disciples, it is important for us to recognize, like, 
what was Jesus's like? What was his approach? And it wasn't to invite people to Awanas on Wednesday night. Hold on. And giving them badges for memorizing Bible verses. Hold on. Are you suggesting that we should take notes on ministry philosophy from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Because I've never heard of that before. <clears throat> yeah, I think, I think at least learning pr general principles. Because you know, obviously Jesus, Jesus, while uh, on Earth, and, and as are, if you look at the New Testament, there. There are certain cultural and historical facts that play into how certain things are done, right? <clears throat> but we can glean a lot of a lot of truth or, or a lot of principles for us today. So here's an example: hospitality. Something that neither that both of you did not talk about at all was hospitality. Um, the, I just I just read a good book called uh, A Meal with Jesus. I highly recommend it, and it's a short book. You could read it in one day. And he he ex he essentially expounds upon um, the story of the woman who cries on Jesus' feet, wipes his feet with her hair, and then uh, busts open a perfume bottle to to uh, for him. Well, she by ma many believe that she was a prostitute, um, and she enters into this home of a Pharisee. Uh, a Pharisee would have had nothing to do with a prostitute. She, she would have been ceremonial, ceremonially unclean um, to have come to that dinner party hosted by the Pharisee with this rabbi, Jesus, who had been teaching for the last few years and had all these followers. She would have essentially uh, made that home unclean and, and by her presence everyone there would have been marked by her uncleanness. So it's important to understand that, that when she comes in and lays at the feet of Jesus, washes his feet with her own tears, dries them with her hair. And remember, <clears throat> we see in uh, uh, Paul talks about how the hair is, is, um, a sign of beauty for women. It's there. It's uh, um, I forget the exact term that he used, but it, it, it featured, uh, it, ha it had a high degree of, of I can't, I'm, I'm having trouble thinking today. Um, it was, it just represented their beauty. And she uses her hair to wash the feet of Jesus, which would have been um, at that time feet, everyone recognized them as disgusting. It's why you often washed your feet in the first century when you came into someone's home. So we recognize with Jesus that his first reaction to this woman wasn't go get away from me. That was everyone else's reaction. His reaction to this woman was to chastise those who sought to chastise her. So I think it's important for us that as we engage with the community and seek to share the kingdom of God with them, the hope of Jesus Christ, that we do so um, knowing that uh, God is is the God who's here for those whose hearts are broken by their sin. Um, God is here for those who who mourn and who are lowly of heart. Um, and that that absolutely describes this woman.
But if you look in your community, how many people are like that and just code it? You can't see it because they code it with other things. They code it with TikTok. They code it with other forms of social media or drugs or sex or, or, or even just good. They might code it with food. They might code it with a happy smile when they see you, but on the inside, they are, are, are t- as torn up as can be. Um, and, and maybe there's just no vice that you can see, but, but really they, they try, they seek to put on a brave face for the world because they don't want people to know how much they are hurting. So what does that mean for us? It means we have to engage with people, with, with people who aren't like us, with people who have different values, with people who are just as broken as we are, but we want to apply the same balm of salvation that has been applied to us. So what does that mean? It means we go to the places that that nobody else is going, um, trying to reach n- people who, who no one else is reaching. So I'll give you an example. A few years ago, I'm, I, I probably talked about it here before. A few years ago, my church allowed me to go spend – uh, a four day weekend out in Las Vegas with my hockey team. I mean, how many, how many uh, pastors of a church get to go play uh, hockey in Las Vegas? I mean, it was pretty cool. And it was, you know, going into sin city as I share with my church, if there were a city in, uh, in ancient Israel known as sin city, I believe Jesus would have named that as this is the place that you go. You go to sin city, you go to be with those who are imbibing in all this, uh, um, extra, uh, extravagance. So I think we have to, one of the problems with, with us, with, and I include the three of us, I include our denomination, our churches, is that they're very much rooted in 19th and 20th century evangelicalism, fundamentalist evangelicalism that often didn't champion Christ, but championed, um, um, character uh change so that so so they championed a change in character or social behavior above christ so for many of us to follow christ is to not drink smoke or chew or date girls who do and and that's just not the gospel that that isn't uh th- those aren't things that are inherently sinful but we've applied what we culturally thought were things that were maybe not so good and we've made them into pharisaical laws that are needed to that need to be applied if one is to be a christian so so for many of us in our churches and maybe ourselves and, and across our denomination we have to reconcile that, that that's not what christ preached <clears throat> that he preached that he preached the kingdom of God. He preached um, uh, repentance and forgiveness, uh, and and that His righteousness is given to us, and that many of these other things that we thought were righteous, I mean, they don't really have any weight in the kingdom of God. So, anyway, you know, as you're as you were as you were talking about that, it did make me think about. I think there is actually one way in which. Um, a few people of our church have started to do this. So we've been doing Monday night basketball for, I think like three or four months now. And it was something that the church did for many, many, many years. And then it just sort of fell off for a while for a number of reasons. And we brought it back and there were for the first, I would say like two and a half months, 
it was just it was just young young men showing up to play basketball and we we do a five minute devotional because uh, it's two hours so like we play ball for an hour we huddle up and and teach something out of the bible for five minutes and then they go play for an hour and for a while it just sort of felt like okay these guys are going to come and play basketball every week um and they'll and they'll put up they'll put up with me talking for five minutes so they can play and then and then a couple weeks ago a couple of them started coming to me about real stuff in their lives um and i just remember that leaving one evening like oh my goodness this is so worth doing but if i had judged it based on the immediate fruit no way i would have kept up with it and so you know you're talking about um being with the unclean people but i think it's also a matter of continually being with them being with them over and over and over again um which is just not something that that christian people are often in the habit of doing yeah and also like what does it mean to be unclean <laughs> right so so they in a sense those fair i mean the pharisees were wrong to think that she that by her presence made all of them ceremoniously unclean um so i mean certainly prostitution is a sin i mean there's no doubt about it but that didn't that didn't make jesus take a step back or anything like that and we're talking about the the blameless one the spotless lamb of god and he's like yeah wash my feet um so so that's important and i, and I think like even in my own experience with, you know, I, so I in playing hockey with my disabled veterans hockey team. Um, and I've been going at this thing for two years and, you know, I don't, I don't show up and go, Hey guys, let's talk about Jesus. However, like probably four or five weeks ago, we had a 30 minute conversation about the Trinity, like legit something that I said either on social media or another guy who's a Christian brought up. And we had this conversation about, uh, Augustine, the early church fathers, um, patristic theology, Trinitarianism versus EFS and, and all this other kind of stuff. And like there are guys literally just sitting there listening to us um, and how in a in a locker room, you know, 12, 15, 12 to 13 guys, probably. So um, and the kind of jokes like, man, everybody probably everybody in this hockey rink, if they could just listen to the <laughs> the conversation that we're having in here, like it would be really shocking. Um, cause this is, this isn't a conversation that's typical in the hockey locker room. Um, you know, I, I had an opportunity a couple of months ago. We had a, we had a big, huge, um, like cookout for the hockey team. And I had the opportunity to pray for, uh, for our team and, you know, among everyone and for the food and all that. And I made it a very gospel centered prayer. Um, you know, I've had guys come to me. And, and like you said, Luke, you know, someone comes to you and says, hey, I need help or, or whatever it might be. And now you have the opportunity to share Christ and to help walk them through whatever issues they might be going through. So um, that's how we got to be with people, man. Like you, you were talking about there's a um, there's a brewery right next door to your church or one that's being built. You said there's another one about three blocks away. Mm -hmm. Dude, a great a great ministry is to go and get to know the bartenders, man, get in, get to be there. Like, so that they know who you are. Get, like they, um, they know you're the pastor of the church over there on the corner. 
Um, they know you as the guy who likes them, who who loves them, who maybe leaves a big tip. He's very generous. Um, whatever that might be, look for opportunities in your community that you've been called to to serve, to love, and to care for the people there. Yeah, and I think I think what you're talking about is just a reality of 21st century ministry in the West. I don't think there are many people left who who are not already in a church who will walk into one. And so for a long time, the, the approach was, how do we get them here? And I don't think we can continue to ask that question the way that our culture is going. We're going to have to ask how we go to them. Uh, I've got 15 minutes for us to talk about budgets. Should we transition? Well, did Mike have anything to add? We've been talking for the last 20 minutes. Mike didn't get the same. No, go ahead. I, I Amen. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> um, budgets, budgets, budgets. So, hey, here's a good book on budgets. It's from Nine Marks by Jamie Dunlop, uh, Budgeting for a Healthy Church. It's really good. I read it uh, when it first came out, maybe a year and a half ago. Um, they offer some really good general principles for budgeting for a healthy church, uh, but that's not gospel, right? So, so theirs are just wisdom and prudence, not necessarily the gospel. So, um, uh, so anyway, what do your got? What do you think are good principles for healthy budgeting in your local church? Before we deal with that, I need to, um, I need to tell Mike how disappointed I am that he misled me earlier. According to Robin, sloths swim really well. So yeah, thanks I didn't for the know suggestion, that. Bud. Thanks <laughs> You're for that. welcome. I didn't. I you wouldn't think they would swim at all. Uh, Jim Brooks sounds like, sounds like he's taken the Eric Reynolds approach here. He says, hanging with my non-church friends daily. Mm -hmm. I like it. Uh, were we talking about budgeting? Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't have anything to say about this. Uh, <laughs> I, I understand it's important for a church <clears throat> to do, but I, I, I generally leave this to the, the financially minded people in our church. Uh, Michael? Anything? I, I'm actually similar. I hate thinking about budgets and everything, especially in a in a downturn. <laughs> it's more of a, a stressful thing, and so I just we just kind of go and this is what we want to do and try to throw numbers that may or may not be reached throughout the year. <laughs> I, th like, I think I think that is. Oh, I think ahead, it's go good. Ahead. I think it's good to have a plan, but as the you know, when you budget, you're not budgeting with existing money. You're budgeting with what you hope you'll have. Um, and so just taking that into account, you know, what do you want to accomplish for the ministry and and try to guesstimate, estimate how much that's going to take. What, what kills me is how much money, like, not that staff is bad, but our church, most of our budget is split up between budget, uh, between staff and, and maintenance or building stuff. Um, which kills me, but it's kind of a, a necessity um, outside of, uh, you know, cutting hours or cutting salaries or, or really selling everything, you know, you know, you know, up here in Maine, we have to pay for electricity and eating uh, type of stuff. And, you know, and just, and those things go higher and higher every year um, on yeah. top of just regular maintenance. And so um, yeah, it's and, that type of stuff that is very discouraging. 
Yeah, and Mike, I don't know if you're in the situation, but I know our church is in the situation where we used to be a lot bigger and have mm-hmm. a, a a bigger budget and have a you know and have a lot of property. And now, as the church has shrunk, we're still having to maintain things that we used to. Uh, I guess the only the only the one thing I will say before Eric swoops in and saves us, uh, the one thing I will say about budgeting is. Uh, don't spend money you don't have. And I know anytime we budget, we're budgeting for the future. But I mm-hmm. think one of the worst ways that churches hamstring themselves is in the name of faith, faith, they they uh, they write these huge budgets. And then when when uh, when they fail, because shocker, you're not taking in 25 percent more than you have at any point in the last five years. Mm-hmm. Um everyone gets really discouraged. So I think that's one, that is one thing we do really well here yeah. is we budget realistically. And I know that doesn't sound yeah. like a big, uh, a big, you know, uh, optimistic kingdom thing to do, but uh, I, I've never, I've never regretted that we do it that way. Yeah. And I've always, I've always wrestled because, you know, often people will be like, well, why don't we rent our, our facilities and this, that, and the other thing. And I'm like, I, I just don't see that a, a church should be, you know, I feel like it's a sad day when you have to, you know, pay for your ministry by, you know, rental income rather than faithful giving of a, of a healthy membership. I wrestle with that personally, you know, you know, jumping to other sources of income outside of the, the ministry of the church. Not saying that all fundraising is bad, uh, but if you if you need to, you know, rent out your facility just to make ends meet. I mean, a especially in a changing culture, you're opening yourself up for some stuff. Uh, but B, it's it's just a uh, something that I've been, yeah, as a pastor against our church doing because we used to do it, and I kind of led us to to nix it because I saw some writing on the wall with the changing culture. Uh, but that's one of the common things. Well, why don't we just rent out our facilities more? And, and honestly, at this point, my my comment is, well, what do you want me to be, a pastor? Or do you want me to be an event planner? Or, uh, uh, you know. Wait, do they want you to be the one that's playing? That, that's, well, uh, in all honesty, it'll either fall on me or our secretary. And you got to ask us, do we want to be a church or do you want us to be an event, a planning center, an event center? Yeah, bro, you got to get your deacon. You got to get your deacons yep. reading Act 6, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, uh, uh, yeah, I think uh, I think the apostles might have some stuff to say about that. But I, I feel I feel like I, before Eric jumps in here, I feel like we've sort of come full circle here because at the beginning of this conversation, I can't remember if we, this was on air or not, but we were actually talking about how uh, modern conception of even the role and function of pastor has been totally, totally mm-hmm. warped by um, a lot of that that. Uh, 19th 20th century evangelical tradition but that well, might have that I, might have been yeah. out there so i, I, I wouldn't call i wouldn't call it evangelical tradition yeah. <laughs> it's more well, like a lack thereof well my theology and ecclesiology is more let the church use the building to minister to their friends in their community rather than mm-hmm. here's the key do do what you need to do thanks for the check mm-hmm you know, I'm more, I'm in more like, oh, you work at the hospital and you want to use our building to organize a, you know, volunteer appreciation, have at it. Mm-hmm. But to just say, hey, hospital, here's our building. And then we'll see you when you're done. 
doesn't really I don't I feel it cuts out the the relational gospel relational piece there that hey mm-hmm. hey listen I'm part of a church of of Jesus Christ who has this thing that can really help us as a as an entity and it's it's a blessing I want to bestow upon our entity because of my connection to Jesus through the church and and maybe that's a splitting hair thing but I really feel like that that is more relationally gospel driven than just, Hey, here are the keys have at it. Eric, you have eight minutes to convince me why I should be more involved in my church's budgeting process. Uh, well, I'm not going to try to convince you. Like, like if you don't think you should, that's cool. And you might, you might not be good with that kind of thing. And that's, that's perfectly fine. I love budgets, man. I could pour over the budget all day. Now it doesn't come naturally. Like I have, like when I look at, uh, an organization's budget, it takes me a while to figure out how things are broken down and to read it properly and whatnot. Um, but I love budgets because I, I believe Jesus when he says, uh, when he uses the parable of um, the master leaving his servants talents and what did they do with the talents? And, and I think for many churches, we often view uh, the budget quite differently than I think that that parable um, illustrates for us. I think we have to look at what God has blessed us with and called us to be a steward of, because this money isn't ours. This is God's money. Um, so if you look at your own personal budget and you look at it that way, um, that can really help you be generous. And I think the same thing goes with the church. So, um, so I think your local church should be generous with uh, its finances uh, and you can be generous with $10,000 a year, or you can be generous with a million dollars a year. Um, generosity doesn't have a price tag on it. Um, so so what does that mean practically? I think you have to look at, at what you have. There are going to be certain expenses, depending on your context, that could be fixed expenses. So your, your staff salaries might be fixed. Um, oh, by the way, um, understand this if you're a local church. If you're not giving your staff a um, a raise that at least matches inflation, then you're decreasing their pay. Um, so so let's so this year inflation was five percent. Okay, listen, we yeah. So if you so if you don't get a five percent pay raise, the church needs to know that they are not that they are essentially decreasing your pay. I mean, it's just facts. Talk to any accountant. Talk to anybody who deals in finances. If you're not matching inflation, you're decreasing someone's pay. Um, so what does that mean? Maybe your church can't afford to give you that 5% pay increase. Okay. Well, can they do something else? Can they give you an extra week of vacation? Can they um, do they write? Maybe you hadn't gotten a pay raise in 10 years so that now you're essentially living, you're, you, you're living off of uh 68% of what your original pay was 10 years ago. Um, so essentially you've had a 32% pay decrease over the last 10 years. Um, will they afford you an extra 20 hours a week to go get a part-time job so that you can still pass to the church and take care of your family? Um, that to me is a level of generosity and, and flexibility, but also um, maybe you're not in that circumstance. Look at ways that you can be generous with, um, your association and also those in your community. Can you, 
Can you support certain things in your community financially? Can you support your associations? So like for us, since I've been here, we've, we've gone from giving 7% to United Ministries of all general offering funds to 10%. Um, so, and we had the money to do it. It didn't, it didn't hurt us one bit. We've, we assessed our associations with our local conference and, and all that and said, okay, where do we, where do we want to invest most for the kingdom of God. In what areas do we see the kingdom? Of, do we see God working? So that's why we increased our giving to to United Ministries. We've been given to Berkshire Christian since I've been here. Um, for the first time in a long time, we've given to Penny Crusade. Um, we're looking for opportunities to be generous and to to um, to care for those. And you know, I've been blessed. I got a five percent pay raise this year, so that was that was. I was happy with that. That keeps right in line with inflation. Um, so the church has been generous with me and the rest of the staff here at Hickory Grove. Um, but you're also going to have fixed expenses. You know, if you have a building, you know how much it's going to cost generally to heat it, to um, pay electricity, to pay all these other things. So those are kind of non-negotiable things. Or Luke, you said your church has a ton of property and you're mm -hmm. and if you're struggling to afford to keep it up, look to sell some of it um you know but also don't th this is the thing that really ticks me off is when i see whether it's either church or conference budgets i'm um, like i was looking at the enc one that they shared uh they sent in the mail and i feel free i feel free to talk about it because it's open source information they send it to all the churches but like there's money there that i just that's just sitting in a money market account and i go why can't anybody use this for something like why not you know uh the the ACGC wants to hire uh, a church planting director um, and they, and they're going to look for money to help pay for that, man. How great would that be if our conferences, you know, all agreed to pay $10,000 a piece and send that off to ACGC and they're going to help fund it for the next three years. Um, you know, I just, I look at these pockets of money that, that we could, instead of just letting it sit in an account and then waiting for churches to beg for money for a church loan, um, when we could, many of these churches need a gift. They don't need a loan. They need a grant. Um, I just, there's a lot of stuff that kind of grinds my gears when it comes to finances. I love it. I think it's really important. I'm not saying I'm great at it, but I think we need to view things from a kingdom mindset, from the gospel kingdom, the kingdom of God, and, and understand that we as Christians view God's resources very different than those who are secularists. That's good. But before I go, I have to tell a story about budgets because I told these guys, I appreciate them letting me jump on the show, but I told them I had to go write it too. Uh, so there's this guy, uh, his name was Chet. And Chet, he really liked to water his flowers. And of course, before, before uh, flowers have flowers, they just have little buds. And so he had this sprayer he would use to, to spray the buds. And it was like a, a jet of water. And so he had, a, he had a friend come over one time and he was busy doing something. And he said to his friend, hey, can you go, you know, spray the flowers for me? But he didn't realize that the hose had gotten all, all tangled up outside where he kept the flower pots. And so his friend calls out to him from the balcony where he kept the flowers. But Chet, the budget, I can't budget. Couldn't couldn't move it. 
for his friend Chet. Was this supposed to be a, a joke? But Chet, the budget. I can't budget. I set all this up. Were you listening? All right, let me try yeah, again. I, I was. There's this guy, Chet. He really okay. he had flowers. He really liked okay. to take care of his flowers. And before they flower, it's just a bud. And so he would spray the flowers. It was like a jet of water. And he has his he has his friend come over and he asks him, he asks him to water the flowers, but the but it got all tangled up. So the guy says, But Chet, the bud jet. I can't budget. Bye guys. That was incredibly painful. That was painful. Bye, Luke. Uh, hey, everyone. Thank you for – Mike, do you got anything before we – I feel like we almost have to redeem the show after what, whatever that was. That we no, just, I really don't. Okay. No. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> well, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. I pray that the Lord blesses you in your time around the turkey and um, looking towards Christmas. So God bless you guys. We'll see you next week.